Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by CityLets. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories, and much more. If you want to get in touch direct, just reach out. Let's Talk at citylets.co.uk. Today, my guest is Steve Coyle, Managing Director of Cullen Property. Management Investment and Letting Specialist in Edinburgh. Morning, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. Now, Cullum was founded in 1998 and has grown to manage a portfolio of approximately 400 properties worth around 120 million. Can you tell us about the company's journey to date? Yes. Well, I, I suppose like many companies, we started uh, from a position where we had a number of uh, landlords that came out of another management company that was run from London um, in 1998 and uh, we had a, a number of clients that were suddenly left needing someone to look after their properties in Edinburgh uh, and my now retired colleague Malcolm Warwick which uh, a number of uh, people in the industry around Edinburgh will surely know um, said look I will start a company to look after your properties and really it started with Malcolm and one of those investors uh, joining together to, to begin Cullen uh, Cullen's named after Cullen up in uh, near Forres, right. just because Malcolm liked the name. No other reason. There isn't a Mr. Cullen. And uh, Malcolm and Ray started the company. I joined uh, just after uh, the, the start of the uh, um, 2000. And we've steadily grown from there organically. Um, we would have liked more growth, if I'm being honest, but we've grown really uh, mainly through word of mouth and some advertising, but always with a focus on making sure the landlord services uh, are good and the service to tenants is really good. Um, our mantra has been since day one, properties should be uh, sensibly priced and well presented, and we've been really keen to work with landlords that want to do that. So we still have a, a lot of uh, clients from uh, back from 1998 when the company first started who have been with us ever since and we've grown their portfolios with them companies now grown to employing 18 staff and which is quite a high ratio for the number of properties yeah. we manage but we try and do everything in-house so we have control uh, of what's happening um, I'd hope to think most landlords would like a control freak looking after their property. So uh, that's what we try and provide and uh, and it's growing steadily, but we are now starting to, to try and look at how we can uh, grow our portfolio and use some of those talents that we have within the uh, team to go forward from here. Right, because you actually, Cullen operates in a principle of the acronym TRUST, doesn't it? It does, Can yes. you tell us a bit more about this? Yes, well, well TRUST around the office, um, it, it's basically our um, combined set of values, if you like, and TRUST stands for transparent, reliable, unbeatable, savvy and talented. Uh, the transparency element should be fairly obvious. We like clients and tenants to know what's happening, um, the good, the bad, and not very much of the ugly, thank God. But uh, yeah, whatever's happening, we like people to know and be up to date with it. So we find we give a lot of information out. And if we're giving the right of information out, we don't get many questions coming back the way. Uh, the reliability bit kind of follows on from that. So making sure things are done on time, which is quite difficult, I think, as uh, any landlord that's listening to this will have uh, who's managed their own property will know that it's it's difficult to keep on top of all the myriad of little bits and pieces that you should be doing. Um, and so when you've got a property of a uh, portfolio of 400, they, there's a lot of bits to it, particularly when more than half of those are HMO properties that come with their own issues. Mm -hmm. um, unbeatable, um, you, you will find if you search for it, um, uh, agencies with a, a, a cheaper management fee. 
uh, we're, we feel we're unbeatable when you consider the level of service that we provide. So we're not charging people, for instance, for doing check-ins, which our own staff do with the tenants' checkouts. Again, own staff, the property manager does it. The inventories, the inspections, the all the relevant parts that you'd hope the person looking after your property is doing, we do all of that in-house. And so we're not... Uh, uh, putting on extra additional costs onto landlord statements each month for doing an inspection, a check-in, a check-out, or all the rest of it. Savvy goes without saying. You just want somebody to be switched on looking after your property uh, and, and know what's going on and uh, not just uh, looking at it, but seeing it and dealing with any issues, hopefully before they become problems. Um, and talented, we're, we're trying to get all of the team through um, their ALA level six uh, industry qualification so that uh, it's not that they just uh, hope they know what they're doing, but we know that they know that they know what they're doing, if you, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, so we're trying to get the whole team through that, uh, which does take a, a, um, a few months for anyone starting it to go through. But that's what we're trying to do. Uh, so you have a, a talented yeah. team uh, able to deliver the transparency, reliability and uh, uh, the unbeatable savviness. Great. Just going back to, to what you're saying, obviously, um, that you do have this care, this very personal approach. Each landlord has their own dedicated property manager throughout. I think it's uh, it started off as that for many mm -hmm. companies. And, and, you know, I've been in the industry for uh, nearly 20 years. And I think most companies started off with one property manager, one landlord, they know who each other are mm -hmm. and everything's fine. And as companies grow, I think one of the biggest challenges is how do you maintain that personal service whilst having a growing portfolio? And you can do that different ways, but I think naturally there's a tendency to move towards almost a call center and different departments dealing with different elements of the service which is fine and probably works, but for the landlord, the, the feedback we hear is that I don't want emails from 15 different people. I want to know who I can talk to. Mm -hmm. So we've uh, maintained and we still operate a simple um, sectioned portfolio. So for every up to 100 properties, we have one property manager, one contracts manager that sit across the desk from each other. They manage the 100 properties on behalf of those landlords. So the landlords know who they are by face, by name, and they can pick them up. And the, 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 the property manager and the contracts manager know what the landlord wants to talk about as soon as they say, it's Mr. Smith. They already know That's what he's great. going to be talking about. So we've tried to maintain that. And our philosophy growing as the company grows and the portfolio grows is to just increase those sections and create a new uh, property manager and contracts manager um, personal service mm -hmm so that any given landlord really isn't interested whether we've got one or a thousand properties, they're still going to see the same level of service. Uh, well, you pride yourself, in fact, it's stated on your website, in having high occupancy levels, always in excess of 95% and frequently more than 98%. So how does Cullen achieve this? I'm not sure Cullen does achieve it. It's not just about us. I think, uh, coming back to what I said a few moments ago, if you have a property that's well presented and sensibly priced, it should let. We're in a city that we're very fortunate to have a, a very high demand and a growing population, an affluent, uh, young, talented, professional population that's seeking good quality homes to live in. If you can provide that, you're not really going to have empty properties. Now, as I said earlier, we have uh, several hundred HMOs, House of Multiple mm -hmm. Occupancy properties we look after. Uh, the student market, yes, it's changed in the last year a little bit and it's, and it's settling again, I hope. But uh, on the student market, we, we haven't had 
um, many issues with maintaining uh, high occupancy over the years. And so when you have a high chunk of properties in your portfolio that are HMOs, that, that helps the occupancy levels. But it's a double-edged sword because as I travel around the city on a daily basis, I see lots of boards around and not many of our to let boards because we don't have many available at any right. given time. Um, so it's uh, I'd like more boards, but equally I want to maintain the occupancy. We're just going back to talk about the market. So, I mean, Edinburgh's PRS has a microclimate of its own. Satellite's data shows Edinburgh's average rents have increased year on year since 2010. In fact, currently stand at an all-time high of 1,148. Can you tell our listeners more about the capital's PRS performance and the reasons why it's such a strong market? Yes, uh, the, the, the private rented sector, uh, I, I think Edinburgh has been a, uh, its own microclimate um, for, for many years, and we saw that after the 2007-2008 um, um, credit crunch, mm -hmm. which was probably bigger than a crunch, but anyway, um, it, Edinburgh really held its own. I know, okay, it plateaued a bit, but it didn't really go down a great deal. And it, this does come down to a simple supply and demand um, uh, economic curve, I think, in that we have uh, various planning constraints within the city. We've got more listed buildings than any other city in the world. Mm -hmm. People want to live here. It's a fabulous place to live. We're seeing the rise of the, the fintech industries. Uh, the universities are growing uh, year on year. There, there are four universities. We have, I think if you work the numbers out, we have uh, one in eight people in Edinburgh is a student. Uh, and we're, they're coming from uh, affluent backgrounds, want to study at Edinburgh and have that on their CV. A lot of people then go on and want to live in the city and they want nice properties to live in uh, because they are going into uh, jobs that are reasonably well paid. Probably, I think the only other higher average is London outside Edinburgh. Um, so we have this problem growing and it's not really being addressed yet of uh, having uh, a lot of people who want to live here and not enough of the properties that they want to live in available. You're naturally going to have a growing rental, uh, average rental, uh, and, and a problem brewing that, that, that is only going to get worse, I'm afraid, uh, unless we can address the housing uh, supply. Well, Edinburgh's PRS is ever-evolving. So how do you feel, I mean, we've touched on the, you know, the students and then graduating wanting to stay here, but overall, how do you feel the profile of the average tenant has changed over the years? I'm not sure the profile of the average tenant has changed over the years, other than we now see... Um, uh, the, the tenants that used to uh, rent properties uh, going back, say, 15 years, uh, would typically be trying to buy by the time they reach their late 20s. Um, students have, have been students, and that really hasn't changed a great deal, other than I might say the, uh, the level of expectation certainly has. And now, unless the property's uh, really nicely presented, a bathroom or a kitchen that's not greater than five or six years old, Ensuite showers, um, uh, modern heating, fully insulated, modern windows, etc. The old rattly, drafty uh, bedroom in Marchman is not something people really want anymore. Um, whether they ever did is contentious. The, uh, the the typical professional tenant, though, I think is now we've moved to a, a letting being a um, a lifestyle choice, and where. Previously, you might have had, say, a 29-year-old thinking, OK, it's really time I want to start to looking at buying and, and could buy. Uh, they may well be not now even wanting to buy, but thinking, I don't want to be tied to a mortgage. I want to 
be able to move and change cities because the way we go to work, the different uh, movements, and you see on people's CVs, people don't Closing. stay in. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So I think the uh, the way in which we live has changed. Um, it's not a choice now. And it's a lifestyle choice. Yes. And people, therefore, are not stuck in one city or feel that they want to be. So they don't want to buy. They don't want to be tied to that. Well, I mean, the Scottish PRS in particular has seen more legislative changes in the past few years than it's experienced in almost 20 to 30 years, namely the new PRT, letting agent registration, code of practice. How do you feel landlords and agents too have adapted to all this change? I, I think there's probably quite a difference between how landlords have adapted to it and agents have adapted to it. Agents have no choice. We we go to the seminars and the regional meetings with ALA and we keep up to date. You have no choice. The government say you must register. It's all very transparent. You're letting agent registration number all over the website, all the rest of it. You, you have no choice but to just go with it. Um, and I think the, the private residential tenancy was um, a bit scary for a lot of people when it was first uh, put forwards. It's actually working really well i think we don't have any any uh, issues with it at all um i think on the student market for 2019 coming off the back of short show tenancies there were some um uh, forward planning issues and there were some mixed messages going out from the universities particularly about advising students i think when they should start looking or when they could expect to find mm -hmm. properties and hopefully this year uh, for, for next year 2020 that will change for landlords, I, I think there's a, a bit more of a problem in that it's just difficult to keep up with the speed of change. Mm -hmm. And I think if you were to take a, a sample of, say, a thousand landlords across the city and ask them to, to look at their leases or the, the various certificates and legal risk assessments and some of the newer things that have come forwards, um, I don't think it's the case that they... Um, uh, don't wish to make sure they're fully compliant with everything. It's just really difficult for the, uh, what you might call the amateur landlord, no disrespect mm -hmm. to, the, to, to a landlord that has two or three flats and managing them, um, him or herself. But it's just so difficult to keep yeah. up with it all. Because they're often professionals, full-time professionals, and and then it's how they're actually being informed as much as they're all registered landlords. Yes. It's so hard to keep up the in the changes of legislation. And without actually, it's not that, as you say, they're, they're not choosing not to adhere to the legislation, it's something that they're not actually informed, they're not aware of certain changes. I, I think the, the awareness is... An agent. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think the awareness is, is the key word. And, and when you do talk to landlords and you say, have you got this, do you have this? And they say, I wasn't aware of that. Mm -hmm. I did. When, when did that come out? Who told yeah. me about that? And he's, well, it, you're just supposed to know, but mm -hmm. how do I, how are they supposed to know? It's, it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think the... Uh, uh, the there the will naturally, I think, be more of a, um, as, as things like HM revenues, uh, ma massive computer uh, aligns itself and is all integrated with the letting agent registrations and uh, council tax and gas suppliers, and they can see where the red flags are. I think for, for in, individual landlords, there's going to be more of a demand really to, to offer a, a more perfect, I'm not saying they don't at the moment, but mm -hmm. to make sure they're absolutely fully compliant with everything, because it'll be a bit like, um, your car, when you used to have a bit of paper for the MOT, now it's all on DVLA's computer. There's, there's no hiding room. And, and I think that's uh, the way that the private rental sector is going. Yeah. Well, moving on to more of the investment side, Cullen calls itself a buy-to-let personal shopper. Can you explain to landlords and potential investors the reasons and benefits for using a company like yourselves to help with the whole investment process? Yes, well, well briefly, th this started because... Going back uh, again, uh, nearly 20 years, we had 
various uh, clients saying, I have two or three properties, I'm working in London or Singapore or wherever around the world, I don't know where to buy and I'm not there to go and look at things on a Sunday afternoon or a Thursday evening as, as we used to have. Um, can you go and find something for me? So that rapidly became uh, not just a um, kind of a, um, a, a bespoke instruction from an individual client saying, can you find me something? But uh, a constant, let's search on the market and provide properties that we think would make good investments with our knowledge for a, a growing investor database. And we've continued to do that ever since. Um, we uh, we actively market and say, if you are looking at buying in Edinburgh, we can help you with that. And it really is a cradle to grave service. Um, yeah, I had a client uh, three or four years ago where uh, we had conversations. He said he'd like to buy some properties coming from a business that he was retiring from, uh, had some money. Uh, over the course of six months, we went out and bought uh, four properties for him. He may well be listening As to this. I'm not going to say names. Um, and uh, all in cash, bought uh, four properties, all cash, all about 400,000, all let. And he said, I, I need to come to Edinburgh and see them. And we went to look around them and we went for a coffee afterwards. And I said, so what do you think? He said, well, um, I'm really pleasantly surprised. They're all better than I was expecting. We've taken a client on that journey. We've delivered what more than they were expecting. And, and those properties have done really well. In fact, I think he's bought another two or three since wow. then. So, um, so that's the kind of service mm -hmm. we, we offer for people who want to buy, but simply aren't here and don't know what to buy, even if they were. And if it was a property that involved say you know a huge amount of renovation that's the side that you can take care of too yes mm -hmm. um and and that can go from anything from having sitting tenants already in it and you're really not doing anything mm -hmm. uh, all the way to taking something and saying okay this needs uh, a wall knocking down here to increase a room or put a new kitchen over there or re reorganize the layout and everything in between um, and then off the back of that, market it, let it and manage it. So we do have clients that we've bought properties for that have owned them for more than 10 years and they've never actually seen them. So how can Cullen help landlords maximise their existing portfolios? I, I think it's a case of taking really a health check on them. And certainly over the last five years, we've seen rent steadily growing. And Assuming a landlord, uh, whether it's a client of ours or a private landlord, is maintaining the quality, making sure things are right, they, they, again back to the supply and demand, they should really have seen steady incremental growth in their uh, rental values. Um, a good example recently of, of uh, why it's so important to, to take at least an annual review of where things are, uh, I met uh, a client uh, six months ago who said, look, I've, I've got a number of flats. I'm wondering if you can have a look at them. Uh, four flats, all in Marchmont. And he said, the rents are uh, circa £350 per tenant per room, which sounded really low. And so going along with him, I wasn't expecting them to be great. You know, I thought right, they're a bit run down, the older kitchens and, and what you may expect, the typical young one student flat. Walked in and they were fantastic. He'd put new kitchens in them, new bathrooms, the carpets, the furniture were, were really, really good, really good, really pleasantly surprised. And, I, and so we went to, for a coffee afterwards and I said, look, your, your rents are just wrong. And he said, oh, my tenants have been there at least three or four years. Right. I said, well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, and even just putting them up to still below market values and increasing to uh, 450, and they should really have, have been north of 500 per room, uh, was, is the going rate. Uh, and even then, they would have been very good value. So he went back to his tenants, and he had 28 tenants, sorry, five, five flats, 28 tenants across them. 
uh, and he said, look, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to increase your rent by about 75 to 90 pounds, depending on the room. And they all said, no, absolutely fine. We were wondering when you were going mm -hmm. to do that. And so the quality of the flats was perfect, but, they, but he hadn't reviewed the rents, hadn't talked to his tenants about rents. Mm -hmm. And some of the leases just needed some updating, shall we say. And, uh, and suddenly, if you work out the numbers on that, 28 tenants, they're kind of 100 pounds each you're suddenly up at north of £30,000 per annum that he, um, the tenants were thinking was still excellent value and yet he was just underselling his flats. And so it's important to, to just have a, a, an annual health check. And I think a lot of landlords, uh, particularly over the last five years as rents have increased, just, just, just to not sticking their head in the sand, but just haven't reviewed. And it's really important to do that. Well, absolutely. Yields are a crucial element of investment. Not only purchase price, but gauging an achievable rent level are essential calculations for the investor. Cullen uses a new valuation tool, powered by CityLets, that uses trusted CityLets data, but positions the agent as the expert. Can you explain more about the benefits to landlords and agents alike? Yeah, sure. Um, the the CityLets tool, we, we really like. Uh, we came to see uh, uh, Thomas and, and the team here uh, a few months ago now and started using the tool. And, and I think what is great for landlords that they can put something and do a, a quick spot check. Um, the data uh, within the city lets draws all the information that's available. Uh, it's one of the best tools in the city, I think, for pulling all the information together. But what it can't do is, is know how good the carpet is in that living room or whether the windows have been upgraded and all the rest of it. So it, it gives landlords um, a kind of a, a low end and a top end, depending on the, uh, the actual quality. And that little extra bit of information that they need to decide exactly where on that spectrum it is, they need, the, uh, they need eyes on from someone who does know exactly what they're doing, can come along and say, well, actually, you know, it says here it's between 650 and 800. Well, actually, this is about 780 or, 500, uh, or 600 or whatever it might be. Um, you've got to have, uh, there's, no way, there's no substitute for going along and actually looking at the property and having a discussion with the landlord, because they, they might say it's between this, but the landlord might be saying, I'm just about to put a kitchen in or do this or the other. So yeah, the, the two combined, the city lets data, landlords being able to check, and then the uh, the final part of the jig, jigsaw there is, is the agent and the landlord talking to each other and agreeing exactly for that street, for that area, what, what that property can achieve. Yes. Works well. Great, that's great to hear. Well, what would your advice be to a landlord or investor considering letting out the property for Airbnb or kind of holiday-like purposes? Do your homework, I think. There are a lot of people, I think, that think Airbnb is simply a case of popping your own property online on the Airbnb site and that's it. Uh, it's not the case at all. We, we keep a close eye on the Airbnb and how things are going. Um, I think it was well publicised that uh, the City Council were looking at restricting the number of days uh, per annum that you could let your property out yeah, as an Airbnb. Yeah, similar, yeah, similar moves to what London's experienced. Yes, and, and I think the problem with Airbnb is, is, is the effect it has on neighbourhoods. And we've heard it throughout the city. Uh, many listeners will be aware, I'm sure, of uh, the party flats that were closed down by the City Council. And I don't think anybody really wants to see those, even the people that are uh, letting their Airbnb properties out. But it's not as simple as people think. And it's an entirely different market, uh, the holiday letting market, making sure that you know, bedding, towels are, uh, are provided, um, the, the pictures on the walls are soap and wash hand, uh, the wash hand basin, all the rest of it, is what the typical Airbnb tourist wants really to see. And I think the overall quality is probably lacking 
in that unless you set up to do it properly. Uh, as a, as a, um, a kind of a re remote owner of an Airbnb, I, unless you have someone in the city willing to do it, I think you're going to struggle. And I'm not convinced that the returns are as good as they, people think they are to start with. And legislation is coming. I think it's almost inevitable that uh, where you can currently have two properties, one on either side of, uh, of the landing, for instance, one HMO'd with uh, tenants who know what they're doing, fire notices, uh, interlinked alarms, gas safety certificate, EICR, all the rest of it, and the one across the road that's just Airbnb mm -hmm. and has nothing and has that transient uh, resident who doesn't know where anything is anyway, because they're only there for three or four days, uh, has to be addressed before, um, uh, before that becomes a problem anyway. Absolutely. Well, do you feel the uncertainty of Brexit has had an impact on Edinburgh's PRS? I think the uncertainty of Brexit has, an, has had an impact on everything. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I've had the feeling for the last two, two or three years since, since Brexit came about that there's a, there's a pent up desire to get on with life in general, whether it's uh, you know, selling your own home and moving elsewhere, starting a new job, um, changing your car, wh whatever it might be. There's a, there's a, 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 we're in a position where people just want to get on with things. Mm -hmm. I think that has affected the PRS where l landlords might say, well, I'll just wait to see what's going on before I upgrade my properties or do I sell it? Do I keep it? If I'm going to keep it, what do I do with it? Do I move back into it? There are loads of different questions and hopefully, uh, and I'm not going to uh, get drawn down the political avenue at all here, uh, but whatever happens over the next few months, um, I hope that we all know what 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 is happening. Because I think what we all uh, would agree on is that it will be easy to plan once we actually know what's happening. It's a state and, of limbo that's yeah. very difficult. Yes. Yes. Well, finally, I sometimes like to end on a lighter note. If you went on property, what do you think you would be doing? Oh, uh, I, I suspect it would have something to do with uh, some, something maritime related. Okay. Um, I was you an officer. I was an officer in the Royal Navy, uh, right. uh, not Royal Naval Reserves, in um, uh, for a time, and and that came about because I, I love the sea and. Uh, maritime history in particular, uh, 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 the, the Navy and, and, and boats in general. Um, if we're on holiday anywhere with the family, you'll find me wanting to go and just walk around the, the nearest harbour. Um, so something, uh, although that's probably a, a passion and whether or not yes. it's something I'd want to do as a um, uh, as a profession, I don't know. Uh, I think I'll just stick to property for the longer term and, uh, and we'll see Sail where that takes us. Sail through the PRS. Sorry, Sail through the PRS. That's yes. yes. <laughs> Apologies for that. Well, thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk.